Hello. Hello. Welcome to Fictionality, the podcast about oh, about film. Oh, what's it about? It's about filmmaking by people who don't know how to make films. Yep. Um, the show's a bit unpolished this week because it's our first one and we're still getting the hang of everything. But uh, if we have a theme tune, and we will, it'll sound a little bit like you can keep talking, Scott. I'll just, I'll just do it in the background. <laughs> So you're getting a, a treat here with a live uh, performance from John of our uh, uh, little theme tune that we're going to have uh, throughout the production. Um, but yeah, this is a good place to, to start from actually. We're uh, not very polished with this one as John's just mentioned, but um, that's where you need us to be so that um, we can show you our, our, our difficulties in doing this and uh, our successes and uh, you can learn from what we're doing. Basically, is that nice? That's very nice. It's very nice. Bring. Yeah, we'll do that properly if next week we'll have a recorded version. Um. Yeah. So this is the show about filmmaking, and we don't know what we're doing, and that's the point. Um. We're going to be discussing um how we're making a film called Fictional Fiction, which will be out any year now. <laughs> a year, a whole year. Oh, at least a year. Um, but the idea is that we're going to be making a film and we're going to be taking you step by step how we do that. And the point being that we don't know how to make films, so we're learning all as we go. The, the, the kind of the whole issue is that we're trying to set this up as a sort of semi learn from it type experience so that other people who want to make films can just do that. Yeah. That's what we're going for. That's the whole point. Well, it's not really the whole point of the project. That's how we're selling it to people. But, you know, we're ultimately, this should be a kind of step-by-step -step tutorial. I think there's a, a very, very slight possibility that once this is all done, we might look back on everything we made, all these podcasts and the newscasts and vidcasts, and maybe write a book out of it. I think that'd be quite cool. A step-by-step -step book of how to make films on the cheap. That would be, that would be fun. That would, uh... I'm just saying this for the first time in Scotland, really. Oh my god, really? Uh, <laughs> it's the first time I've ever mentioned this, but I think it'd, uh, I think it'd be fun to do that. First films, then Oscars, now books. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Every time, every time we talk about this film, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. I remember when it all, when it all started at the beginning, it was quite totally different, actually. Yeah, you should talk about that. How did this all start? Because it was kind of your idea, wasn't it? Well, was it my idea? Well, no, it was you. you um, we kind of. Well, it's good it was. Uh, it was. We all started with like, the whole Blender thing, is you found the Blender and then. Uh, we watched some of those uh, wee CGI movies that they'd made in them, and then uh, I think we both. I remember it both independently come up with the thought, "Oh, it would be really cool to actually make one of these little CGI movies." Yeah, yeah. And then that kind of spawned into um, uh, a bit something a bit bigger and a bit more structured than just going at it with CGI, because uh, I think we actually had a go and it, Blender wasn't the easiest thing in the world to, <laughs> to play with. Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of led on to some stories and some thoughts and some ideas and then we thought well, we'd play around some of the other features the whole sort of putting in real life into um like basically we wanted to put like one of us into a simulated world uh because we thought yeah. it might be kind of kind of fun uh but yeah and then it kind of like the other way around putting 3d objects into the real world it was yeah but it was all just like you know it was just gimmicky stuff it was just to kind of see what we could do i think we just we just liked blender we didn't have an excuse to use it and in yeah. fairness although blender is hard to learn and that that was very very intimidating um i have had a look at the other ones all 3d packages are sort of inherently quite intimidating when you first get them and even like, i mean the, i think the most professionally used one is maya 
they use Maya to make like Golem and stuff like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It get, I know it gets used. I think ILM and stuff they use Maya a lot as well. But anyway, Maya get is like I think is the biggest one, and I've seen Maya, and Maya is actually also. Do you know what, Maya is actually quite easy to use for some basic stuff, but as soon as you start getting into like professional level, it becomes very hard very quickly. Whereas Blender is just always hard. <laughs> it has no beginners bit really. It's like Maya, you can go into it as a beginner and do some really crap stuff. Yeah. But when you're trying to do professional stuff, it's it's really hard. But Blender's just it's just always at a professional level. So that's really intimidating when you don't know what you're doing. Actually, yeah, just just speaking of that you brought the the Gollum thing, the if you've got the special edition of Lord of the Rings, there's um, a whole documentary on the making of Gollum in there, which is quite good for sort of showing how CGI is done and yeah, that's not and... that's not the way we'll be doing it. But, no, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, that's if you if you had those kind of that kind of money to hand, that was a good way of doing it. Um, I don't. Th- I think <laughs> I think we were trying to do this whole film without using blue screen. Actually, I think that's our. Yeah, we didn't have very good uh, success with some of the trials. Yeah, actually, I, on the off chance nobody knows what blue screen is, it's also <coughs> called chroma keying or green screen or any number of other names. But it's the idea that you film people or things in front of a completely green screen and then you replace the green screen with something else. It's been used all the time in films. I think Hitchcock was a big fan of it. It's been, it's been getting used in films for years and years and years and years. But um, it's actually quite hard to set up. You've got to get the light levels very right. And see if you've actually got all green screen and you have a lot of action on it. You've got to like set up tracking for the green screen. Like those, you know how sometimes those little white dots in making offs? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like get the tracking for the background. and it's, it's actually quite complicated to do if you don't know what you're doing. Do you have to have like many cameras as well that are stationed around you, 360 degrees? No, that's just, that's just for the Matrix, the bullet time stuff. All right, okay. Another complicated technique that we can let's, do. Let's not do that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we, we're not using green screen because, one, there's a, a little bit of money investment there. It's not actually that much, but there's a little bit of money investment. And, two, it's actually quite hard to do well. It's not that hard to do, but it's quite hard to do well. So, we've kinda, mm. we kind of went off that idea quite quickly. We are doing a lot of this, like, augmented stuff, which is when you put CGI stuff into a live-action shot. And we're inclined to think that's easier, or at least it's easier to do professionally looking stuff like that. Because that's mostly to do with getting the lighting right in a 3D program, which is infinitely easier than getting the lighting right in a real world, yes. if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I think there's actually a lot of people say that the best part of CG, or at least the most professional part of it, is actually doing the lighting. That's where the, the pieces really come together, is getting the lighting right. I say this as somebody that doesn't know, because... To be honest with you, even though we've been learning Blender on and off for about a year now, we really still aren't that good with it. Yeah, well, yeah, I definitely need a little bit more practice. <laughs> I, I can knock out some basic stuff, like, fairly quickly. Like, I, I mean, Well, I, you did that. You did a, a, a really rather cool kind of camera, 3D camera model, if I remember. Or was it a lamp or something? Um, did I? Oh, yeah, for uh, for John's project. Yeah, yeah. I, I made oh, a yeah. gingerbread man. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, made a, I made a model of a, a actually it was a film a film lamp it was like that was very good it was a film lamp that, yeah, that it, did look quite good that was, that was modeled in a real lamp that I had some reference pictures of um yeah that that took me actually that didn't take me that long but again that was just a model because again modeling is just the that is the thing modeling is just the first thing and that's actually one of the easier things despite what people might tell you or what you might think if you haven't done any of this before. Uh, modeling is just the process of making the. It's like that's the sculpting part of it. Then you got to do texturing. Texturing is really hard to do well. That's the that's that's a very artistic part of it. I mean, we actually we found it quite early on. There was, oh, there was a great thing on one of the the art. I think it was three D artists, the website, 
they had somebody had um, done a 3D version of the Hobbit hole from the Lord of the Rings movies oh, themselves, yeah. and they 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 done it and they just showed you the model with lighting on it, and that actually looked pretty impressive. But it didn't look real; it totally looked like CG. But it was still impressive. And then they showed you the exact same picture, but you'd applied the textures to it, and it just looked like infinitely more detailed because its textures were so good. It was even things like you had like a there was like a brick part to the fireplace. And in the actual model, it was completely smooth. It was just a single flat thing. Yeah. But because of the way you'd done the, t- the kind of bump mapping and things on the texture, it looked like this really fine-grained brickwork. It was so well done. But I- again, it's like, you know, modeling's the first part, then you've got the texturing. And then once you've got the texturing done, then you would have the lighting. And the lighting is also really, is a very important part to get it to actually look real. We don't, we don't want to scare anyone. It's like, uh, no, no, this, but, this I, takes some no. time. But I think, I mean, but, the CG, we're, we're expecting CG to be the hardest part of what we're attempting to do here. Yeah. Basically, we're assuming we can do everything else relatively quickly. To, not, I mean, not not a 100% professional level, but a proficient level. Yeah. Keep, people won't cringe when they watch it. <laughs> That's kind of what we're looking for. Uh, we should probably say where we are, actually, with the production, where uh, people don't know. Yeah. People so. don't really know what we're doing. We're do, make, so we're making a film. Yeah. Short film, maximum length. 20, 30 minutes, yeah. something like that. We can't go over 40 minutes because then we have to call it a feature length film and I don't think anybody will buy it as a feature length no, film. No, no, so no. We have to, we're, <laughs> we're saying it's a short film. But I think apparently the Academy, the Academy from the Oscars, they classify any film less than 40 minutes as a short film. It's, it's good we have an upper an yeah. upper limit for time anyway. This is really sad. We've actually looked into this because we wanted to see if it was possible that we could win an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so we, maybe we, slightly ahead of yeah, ourselves. We don't know how we don't know how to do anything, but we thought just on the off chance, how who could be winning Oscar? Let's just make sure we're on the right rules there. Oh, hey, you have to be enthusiastic about about this. This is yeah. this is quite a big kind of project. Yeah, you definitely can't start this without the enthusiasm. You'll never follow it through. There's actually, there's a lot of if you go into some of the Blender forums, you see how many projects start and don't finish. It's very it's, it's a, I've I've seen this with a lot of projects I've been involved in. I used to be, this is actually vaguely relevant. I used to be I, I still am quite into text adventures. And you hear about a lot more people starting to write text adventures than, than the people that finish them. Yeah. It's like a 100 to 1 ratio. It's a really, really? yeah. There's a lot of people start to write text adventures. Very few people actually finish them. Wow. 1 in 100. That's yeah. uh, crazy. To the point of, like, the people that actually finish text adventures, you know them all. Because it's the same authors that continue <laughs> to do it because they're the ones that have the drive. Yeah. So, uh, filmmaking's, and anything that is worthwhile doing is probably like that. Um, but we're getting off to, what was I talking about? Oh, what are we doing? What are we doing? Um, well,. Yeah, okay, we're, so we're making this film, um, and the purpose of, of doing all this and documenting all this stuff is to help people to to do this along with us, or yes. to, to, to have a go themselves. Yes. Um, and as a result of that, we've done a few things. Um, there's there's obviously this, this podcast you're listening to. If you're listening to this podcast, then you'll already have been to the website, I would imagine, unless you found it on something. You may have found it on iTunes. Possibly. Um, you know what? Did we introduce ourselves? Um, well, I said you were John. I'm Scott. I'm I'm Scott. Did you say I was John? I said you were John. You were during the. Did I say you were Scott? I don't know. We've said Scott and John a number of times. They should know by now. Yeah, and it, it, they should have read it off the website. To be honest, anyway. Yeah, I, I'm so. John. I'm Scott. I have a slightly deeper, more masculine voice. I have a, a slightly higher but <laughs> equally masculine voice. We found this out today with the mics that we're using because one of them picks up bass better. And I was booming out in this kind of <laughs> So I'm having to use the girly mic and Scott's using the manly mic. Absolutely. Um, so what's there's the podcast, there's um, the website which hosts everything yeah. that we're doing at the moment. And what's on that? There's the there's the four main sections in that. 
there's the 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 text news section, which you can I think there's a, an RSS feed you can subscribe to that. There's the vidcast section, which is not going to be updated as frequently as the other ones. That's more of a they're little web blips kind of making of things. Um, we're going to try and reduce them so that um, frankly just so they're more interesting by and large because we're hoping to edit them all together at the end to make one documentary. So they're going to be like proper only discussing the making of the film. The the news section is really more of a blog. It's just going to be us like putting little thoughts about filmmaking on it, and it'll also show the updates of the film. This is the main thing. This podcast. This is us. We're going to be talking about filmmaking in general, as well as where we are and what we get up to. And it'll, we're going to like hopefully explain in a lot more detail during these podcasts about what we actually get up to from time to time. And because we're going to try and do this as a weekly thing, so every week at the same time we'll have this podcast up. And that will actually show you in a kind of a good sort of timeline scale exactly what we had to do to make this film. I mean, it's, it's important to know that this is not what we're doing full time. Uh, Scott and I are both PhD students. Yeah, we're doing this very much in our spare time. But again, this this all fits into our philosophy that people should be able to make good quality films in their spare time. We think it's like one of the last little bastions of media that that people aren't accessing. Like people are doing the radio show thing with podcasts. Even we're doing it just now. Yeah. yeah. We, by the way, we don't know what we're doing with podcasts either. It's the first time we've ever done a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, people can do podcasts. People are kind of doing writing on their own now with the whole kind of web revolution. You know, people are quite happy to do writing. Uh, music is huge on the web. There's a lot of amateur musicians doing really cool stuff now. Film, not so much. There's, you see a lot of really quite good quality, like, animations. Yeah. You know, pure CG animations because the tools are kind of like, I mean, Blender in particular is now there, like... You can just download Blender for free and use it for you know whatever you want to do. And I mean, it takes time and effort to put that kind of stuff in, but it doesn't really require anything other than a computer, basically, because everything else is free. What we are now proposing is that you could maybe do a good quality live action film with you know relatively little money. Obviously, we had to spend some money on. Well, at the moment it's been a camera, and we haven't really spent any other money yet, other than we spent a little bit of money on the website. Which was really just to register the domain names that we needed and you know the hosting and stuff like that. But I mean that wasn't much money. I think so far. Okay, let's do a little budget sum. What we should do this every week. How much money have we actually spent on the production yeah, so far? That'd, that'd be, be interesting. Yeah. Okay, so far, in all honesty, the amount of money we have spent on this production so far is. How much was the camera? <laughs> <laughs> How much was the camera? <laughs> there was slightly more than the camera, but basically, if you include everything, so that's what, what's that? That's the websites. The website stuff, the camera, um, the, the podcasting stuff, which doubles as Foley stuff, because we're going to have to use that for Foley stuff later. Yeah. Is that everything? Okay, we're, n- we're not going to include the computer, because I've had the computer for years. And we're going to assume anybody undertaking a film has their own computer. Because if you don't, you really shouldn't be trying to do this for no money, because that is that is the big thing that holds everything together, is having a computer. Yeah. Okay, so we don't include the computer, the, 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 the podcast stuff the, and the Foley stuff. That was, let's call it let's call it eighty pounds. The camera was about, well, I thought that the bag and accessories I bought it was about four hundred pounds. So four hundred eighty. And the websites so far, I think we've spent about fifty pounds on the websites. Partly from some maybe some slightly poor choices on my part, but we've spent about fifty pounds on that. So it's five hundred and thirty. Five hundred thirty pounds so far. So however. That okay. That's actually quite a lot for an initial investment. We'll admit that. But However, that's you know going to be the bulk of what we yeah, we spend. We're, hopefully, we're not really planning on spending well any other money. <laughs> really, are we? 
no, no, no. I mean, there's the small cost of maybe, maybe driving somewhere, but it's not. Where there's not going to be any more, more like really big purchases, yeah, and all the software is is open source or free. So well, to to an extent, as much as possible. We're we're desperately trying to do the whole thing just using open source software because we're releasing the film as open source, and obviously, if it's open source software, it's essentially free. So that that fits into our philosophy of the common man being able to make these good you know, good quality films, but. I have to be honest. So far, although Blender takes off a huge amount of the problems with CG, because it is like it really is, guys. It's a pro-level CG software for no money. It is an amazing piece of software. I can't believe that it's free. It's amazing. After that, okay, Audacity, which is what we're using for this podcast, incidentally, Audacity is probably capable of handling all our audio needs. It's getting better every day. I would say about a year ago when I last used it, because I, I do I do music as well. Audacity wasn't quite up to doing music. I have to say, I mean, it might, well, not at the level I was doing. I was using some pro software, which I won't name, but I was using some pro software, and frankly, it was a lot better. I mean, a lot better, like, to the point of there was, it would be a major struggle for me to go down to Audacity. We're using Audacity now today. I was saying to Scott earlier, I'm really impressed with what Audacity can do now. Um, some of the stuff that it has built in now is a lot more impressive than it was even a year ago. So Audacity should be able to take care of audio needs. However, even at that, video editing... It's just, it's just not there. There is no, I've, I, I don't send me like horrible hate mail or anything because you're involved in something or you really like a piece of software. We have, I mean, if if you actually have a really good piece of software that you can use, tell us about it. But we've used a bunch of them now. We've tried out loads. We, we really put a lot of effort into like researching open source software. We did. What did we do? We did Virtual Dub. Come on, guys. That's like twenty years old. It's just not. It's not improved in twenty years. <laughs> um, we tried Waxy, it's just not up to it. We tried Blender, even has its built-in video sequence editor. It's frankly not up to it because it can't handle well. It can't handle clips longer than four hundred yeah, seconds or something. It's good for it's good for short clips, but not yeah. for long. It's really good for stuff internally in Blender, but as an actual issues. thing, it's not really good. Um, what was Cinelera for for Linux? Yeah. It, it was actually probably the best one, but it's still not really up to what we're trying to do. It's still very hard to use, at least. There was Kino for Linux. Kino was wasn't too bad, but again, we just thought it was very hard to use. Well, actually, you know, Kino's quite easy to use, but it's not that powerful. We had Jashaka, which is coming on by leaps and bounds, but is really buggy. It crashes, like, all the time. <laughs> and that's just a major pain for us. Yeah. What, what other ones did we look at? I can't remember. Not, not there was, there was AVID Mux. We looked at that one. Oh, yeah. It works. It was, it was probably the best Windows solution that we found for free. But again, a little bit buggy. It's amazing because all these, a lot of this, this software wasn't even there a couple of years ago, but mm. and it's come on really quickly. But at the moment, it's still not quite pro level. Mm. I think, and I, I, admittedly, Blender's given us quite a high, a high bar because Blender is so pro level, and we're kind of looking for other open source software to be that level. And video is just, it's just not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, we're hoping something might actually crop up, but I think at the moment it's looking like we're going to end up using, uh, well, we might end up using EDS Pro. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to say that would be doubling our budget. I think. Yeah, a little bit. EDS Pro is very expensive, but it's it's a it's a very very good piece of software. But if we end up using that, we'll have to report back in a very sorry tone that we've had to double the budget. Yeah. Um. So hopefully that doesn't come to that. But I, I think that's that is the only other piece of software we need, isn't it? We, I mean, we're using. Yeah, well, I mean, there's little things like using Celtics for like the script and all, all the, the screenplay. Pre- all the production and... stuff's been done in Celtics. Any any um, art stuff that we're doing in GIMP. We were going to use CinePaint, but CinePaint seems to be in a pretty much unusable format at the moment. It's in a, it's in a transition period, so we're back to using GIMP. And and then it's just things like the the is it is VSPN VPN 
for like VPN, VPN, just to like just to keep things so we don't like lose. Oh, SVN. SVN, Sub, sorry. Subversion. Sorry, I I obviously don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we're, uh, we're using SVN to track changes that we make to files so that we can revert back to previous versions. I'd I'd highly recommend one of the big things that you do is get a directory structure organized. Um. So that things don't get lost, because you'll end up see with a film, you're going to end up working with a huge amount of files. Uh, so when you need to track the changes that are made, and also you need to be, have a kind of a good directory structure in place so that things don't get lost. Scott and I have come up with a fairly kind of good solution. We're using this this system as a Microsoft system. Don't boo us. It's a Microsoft system <laughs> called Folder Share. Folder Share is free to use, which I was pretty impressed by. It's pretty good as well. Um, it's like it's the idea that there's a kind of a share folder, so like on my computer, I made a folder called Folder Share, or whatever. I, what do we call it? Film Project Share? Yeah, something like that. And it's like this: the directory is like C, Film Project Share, and the C drive. Scott has the exact same directory in his, and then we just told Folder Share that we wanted them to be in sync all the time. So that's like a little program that like is this little agent program that's like running all the time in the system tree. And whenever I make a change, Scott immediately gets the updated version. And whenever Scott makes a change, I immediately get the updated version. And it actually has its own little version of subversion built in, so it actually even handles things like, if you make a change at the same time as me, we both, you know, it doesn't like screw everything up. It sort of tries to deal with that, so it is really good. Um, that was the big, the big thing that we came up with. That took us a, a long time to come up with that. At the moment, those we're using that software. We're using Celtics for pre-production. For the the website, which we really should talk about, we think websites are really important for publicizing. Yeah. Uh, the film and publicizing is something we will talk about more towards the end of production. The fact there's a website in place just now, it would not necessarily be essential for the start of production, but because we're trying to document everything, yeah. we thought we should have the website as early on as possible. I mean, uh, the website's also going to have things, I mean, when we when we do something particularly complicated, or if we think there's something that really needs to be documented properly, then we're going to make like a little video vidcast of it so you can see maybe how we've done it or something, or there'll be an update or some nature to describe how we've technically done something yeah to an extent um and, and the first one of those is already up yeah you can go and see the first little vidcast and that's that's just a little summary of what we're doing yeah also if you want to know what we look like then go and uh, go and have a look at the vidcast as well yeah, we're both really attractive it's really, i'm, it's I'm really the guy who, who looks uh <laughs> fantastic yeah, yeah. I, I look super and scott looks fantastic that's right uh that's a little bit weird wow we've been talking for 23 minutes. Uh, we were really worried we wouldn't be able to make this interesting. Uh, <laughs> not, not that it is interesting, just that we've been talking for 23 minutes. What so, else? What are, we, what are we trying to say, actually? What else do we need to talk about? We probably about? don't really need to go into a brief recap. If you if you have a... Did we talk about everything else? I haven't really been paying attention. We've, we've got a little notepad thing up showing us what uh, we're supposed to talk about. What we managed to get done today and what we're hoping to get done next time. Okay, well, what did we... Today we... Um, what did we today? Today we've done everything. Has, we actually done everything else? We're learning any issues? Yeah. <laughs> Equipment, shifting teams of Euro, that sort of stuff. Brief recap is really right. Oh, well, in that case, we're doing fine for time. We can just do whatever we want. What have you been up to, Scott? <laughs> uh, see, I, I got an Xbox recently. Ooh, an Xbox Elite, I'll have you know as well. Ooh, there goes my PhD straight down the tubes. Um, came yeah, with Bioshock as well. Bioshock, fantastic. Talk about the CGI in amazing. that. Amazing. Yeah. Water effects. Bioshock, that, that's, that's, games are now getting to the level where it's sort of challenging you know, CGI movies, it's kind of like, ooh. Yeah. I think I think give another 10 years, it's not going to make any difference now whether you play a game or watch a CGI movie. It's going to be the same quality. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, and uh, it's an 18, of course, so if you're under 18, then I do not recommend you play this game. Yeah, it's, it's quite horrible in a lot of ways, actually. Amazing, though, absolutely. Yeah. And, oh, I, I, I'm in love with the Bioshock score. 
Which you can you can download, oh, yeah. you can download for free from the Cult of Rapture website. Yeah, it's very 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 very. It's cool. an amazing score. I can't believe they're giving that away for free. They've been really cool about their fans actually. Cult of Rapture. Yeah, yeah. I think they're getting a lot of un- actually a lot of the, the mean stuff that's been shared about Bioshock recently. I think is really unfair. I think Cult of the the whole two K. What was it? What's the actual company called again? Irrational, two- Irrational Games. Uh, I don't know. I, was, I thought it, I thought it was two K. I think they're the publishers. I think it's Irrational Games. Oh right, okay. I don't know. What's the What's the nasty stuff that's been said? Is about the the whole. Uh, um, well, the first thing, the, DRM, na- the first nasty stuff they were saying was about um, that the PC demo wasn't coming out. That was the first thing. Like, why they, it was all this, like really horrible things in the form about why there was no PC demo when there was an oh, Xbox yeah. 361. The second thing was when the game came out, they were saying there was all these problems with it, it, it working with the DRM because the DRM server crashed or something like that. Oh right, okay. And oh, everybody, that's everybody, not so good. Well, no, it's not. But everybody started flaming about it. It's like, well, it's not like they did it on purpose. I mean, why would you? You know, it's not. Yeah. They, you know, obviously they were trying to fix the problem. And then I think the next day everybody got their collector's edition ones and a lot of them, they had this little model in it of the big daddy from the game and it was it was broken in a lot of them. Including mine, I have to say, mine was broken as well. But they've been really nice about that. They've actually said, well, you know, we'll send you a box to put it back in and we'll send you a f- the free art book, a printed version of the free art book. And you just put it in the box and send it back to us. And what, we'll send you a new one? Is that how it works? Yep, yep. So, I mean, they're doing all that for free. That's pretty good. It's not even going to cheap postage. The another thing was about the actual just the, the concept of the DRM because it uses secure ROM, and people were saying that that was a rootkit, which is just not true. Secure ROM is not a root. Anybody that says that is lying. Secure ROM is not a rootkit, because that's not what. Look up what root. Just honestly, just look up what rootkit is and look up what secure ROM does. They're not related. I don't know how that came about that it was getting called a rootkit. The problem is I don't really like that they're using secure ROM. I must admit that that doesn't appeal to me. Because there's that whole, like, you've only got so many chances to... It's like the way the Windows works. You can only install Windows so many times and then the key doesn't work anymore. That's basically how Bioshock's working. I'm not a big fan of that, I have to say. But at the same point, the only people I've heard complaining about it are the ones that have, like, refused to buy the game because it has secure ROM. Oh, okay. And it's like, who really cares about them? They haven't even bought the game. I see, I see. People that have the game aren't complaining. They're like, I don't care, I can play the game, you know. Yeah, I, I don't care either. I've got an Xbox. Xbox, or you know, yeah. just stick it in and away it goes. I think it, was, I it maybe to, doesn't uh, look as good as something running DirectX 10. I'll give you that. Well, but yeah. Xbox is a heck of a lot cheaper than buying a PC that can. My it looks so good on my PC. And it still looks good on the Xbox. But, it, but if anyone's it, got but it, 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 it looks you'll, so you'll agree. good on my PC. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love Bioshock. Uh, I do miss playing with the keyboard and mouse. However, I heard you can get one for the Xbox, which excites me greatly. Although the, um, other thing that, the other thing about Bioshock is they were complaining. This is this is okay. This is bringing us slightly more back to film stuff. Oh yeah, so there's no reason for us to be talking about Bioshock really. Um, we just like it. I, actually, I've got to say, see the horror stuff in Bioshock though. That has been done in a very filmistic way, and I've got to say it's it is quite scary. They've done the horror stuff really well. Yeah. I don't want to spoil for Scott or anybody actually that hasn't played it, but there's like there's like one point in the game right where um, you did something and then all this steam came out okay and you couldn't see anything. Oh. And then it came back up and you were like just facing what you had before. Okay, and then you're like, okay, and then you turn around to leave, and there's just this guy in front of you, and it like, uh, it kind of really seems like, whoa, just a guy there, and it's like, it's actually the creepy way that he's not even attacking you, he's just looking at you. It's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very scary. Oh dear. There's some the horror stuff in it is done really well, and it is, it is actually it has quite a filmesque quality to it, which actually I have to say, I mean, the the Bafters are now sort of accepting. Uh, games as a genuine artistic art form because a friend uh, of mine yeah, heard about that. a friend of mine is just is a currently apparently has been put up for a BAFTA for game oh, right. because of a game he did during the summer was it story or the CG or I actually don't know I was I, I haven't actually talked to him in a couple of years he thought he was speaking to me to be, like today for like the first time in ages or was it yesterday uh, there's a really nice guy called Zach Cohen that I used to work with at IBM he was a really nice guy 
Um, but he was working for the Dare to Be Digital competition in Dundee. Oh, yeah. Which is where you, they pay you over the summer to make a game for a competition, the best game wins kind of thing. Yeah. His game won. And he's not for a BAFTA. So that's that's really amazing. Cool. But, um, oh, yeah, so the other thing about it, the other really nasty thing we were saying about Bioshock, which is the one that vaguely released the film, is um, they were saying that they'd cheated with the widescreen version. Oh, yeah, I'd heard that. They, yeah. They'd actually just made a 4 3, like the regular TV resolution version, and just chopped off the top and bottom for the widescreen version. That's just not true. That's not true at all. They've, what they've actually done is the widescreen version is the correct version of the game, okay? The 4.3 version is the widescreen version, and they've actually just extended the field of view. Now, you, uh -huh. may, you may argue that that is basically comes down to the same thing, but it really depends on how you approach the problem, because they did make the widescreen version as the principal version, and then made a 4.3 version of that, in which they increased the field of view. But it was not the other way around. But I think people would argue, well... Doesn't that just come down to the same thing as you chop the top and bottom off of the fourth route? The, yeah, the... I think I think a lot of the complaints were that people were saying that uh, when it was zooming in from this four three to make the 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 widescreen version that you were cutting off part of the screen that had vital information about kind of menu systems and oh, stuff yeah. on it. But that, that's, that's obviously not that's true. That's not true because I'm I'm playing it on widescreen and I'm getting the f I am getting the full game. That's, true. that's just not true. If you're playing on four three, you're actually getting uh, even more information than if you were playing on widescreen. Well, so. yeah, you are, but I think you're getting in a slightly warped, warped vision because it's a different field of view. I have no idea. I think, you know how like, the way field of view works in 3G? Not really. Well, if you increase the field of view too much, it'll start to warp. Oh, it's going to go so fish-eyed at yeah, the so it's actually designed. Yeah, so it's designed for widescreen, so actually the 4.3, they're getting a slightly warped version, to my understanding. But I don't think it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not noticeable, but it's technically not the accurate way to play the game. Yeah. 4.3 is the accurate way. If you, so if you've got a widescreen is the accurate way, sorry. But um, this actually brings us to... We're actually getting really close to when we expect to finish the show, but I'll just talk about this anyway. This talks about like, stuff me and Scott were discussing earlier on today, which is the changing formats in television. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we were talking about the whole HD thing that's been coming out, and I was saying that I'm not sure... The, there's this whole big battle just now between Blu-ray and HD DVD, and I don't think either is going to win now because there's these terabyte discs have started to come up. Oh, yeah. And I think it'd be really cool if they just bypassed... The current ones are just like, oh, just terabyte discs are just so much better. Let's just use the terabyte discs. Oh, I don't think I could handle yet another change in my media collection. That would just be a pain. But I th I, it's funny because we were talking about the HD formats, and I th I'm not sure a lot of people really realize this, but there's actually a couple of different HD resolutions, like standard HD resolutions. I think people think there's just one, and mm. it's just that is HD. But most of the screens that are out just now are not full HD, like the absolute highest of the resolution standards. They're the, they're the, the other one. Yeah, if you have the HD ready badge on your TV, it's more than likely that you've got the lower one. Yeah, because yeah. only the, the the true high definition HDMI input TVs are like only now just starting to come out properly, and they're still very expensive. But it's gonna it's gonna make me wonder because we I mean we have talked about this very loosely. I, I was thinking about possibly more than we've talked about it, but um, when you make a film, it is actually quite important to decide about the distribution method because excuse me. That was uh, some <laughs> McNuggets coming back. Ah, oh, it's disgusting. McNuggets. McNuggets, they're lovely. Uh, we, we both had. <laughs> what part of the chicken is in the nugget anyway? It's the feet, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. We had uh, a 20 piece box each earlier on today. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Okay. As well, I know as, well, as, having had as, well as a than... full meal. <laughs> that was our side dish. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. Um, PhD students, what are you going to do? I know, we're pretty bad. Um, so, considering that, we're actually both in quite good shape. We should start going to the gym again. Yeah. We both start going to the gym again. Once, yeah. once I finish my first year report, we'll start going to the gym again. Ah, uh, I lost my train of thoughts. Uh, HD formats. HD formats, yeah. So, when you're deciding how you're going to release your film, 
it's important to think think about that because one the ideal way to release your film is probably in DVD format at the moment because it's the mm. most widely used format at the moment. Yeah. However, even that poses problems because there's the PAL version, the NTSC version. <laughs> there's a, a huge bunch of different versions of PAL depending where you are in the world. Are you going to try and do that horrible region thing or are you just going to make it region free? There's all these like horrible, horrible questions. And um, it's actually quite important that you kind of figure out what you're going to do. Because, like, for instance, we were basically planning on releasing this through the web as our principal medium and have a DVD version available for people that want it. Yeah. But we're basically going to be filming it as PAL. We're going to be releasing it as PAL. But we're going to have a PAL and an NTSC version, which basically means we're going to have a second version that doesn't use the whole screen because it's NTSC. They'll both be available for purchase somewhere. I don't know, probably Lulu or something. <laughs> uh, Lulu's a, a publishing website that do quite a good job. They, they do some of my music. That's um, Lulu. That's Lulu, free advertising for Lulu there. Um, <laughs> well, we actually will talk about these companies. We should point out we're not getting any money from any of these companies. We don't have any sponsors. We're just doing this. So if we see a company's goods, it's either because we do actually use them or because we've researched and found their goods. So we're not... If we promote something, it's because we genuinely believe in it. It's not because we're getting any money to promote it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's not to say, you know... I don't know. If we, actually, if we actually did get a sponsor, we might change our ways. But, you know, we're not really against getting sponsors in principle, I suppose. <laughs> But at the moment, at least, we're uh, we're definitely above board with anything we say. So yeah, that's probably ruined our chances of ever getting a sponsor, really, by saying that. <laughs> um, so please sponsor us. Please sponsor us. Uh, but in the in the website version, you, you've got to kind of watch with the way you even make your film because see if you're planning on releasing it purely through the web, you've got to take into account that like big epic stuff isn't going to work because people are probably going to play it on like their computer screen, and people tend to play things yeah. and like you know a huge epic movie has to have a big resolution to like you know work so they're gonna to have to download a really big file and most people aren't going to want to put that kind of effort into something they're not sure about yeah so if you're going to do a web release you probably want to try and keep the file size to like something that you could stream basically which means the epic stuff just won't work because it'll be quite small resolution so even if they full screened it it would still be like kind of fuzzy yeah that's true so you kind of got to watch with the way you kind of decide about that so i think it's important even before you approach the film if you're going to do stuff like epic stuff, which I have to be honest, we're semi-planning on doing something a little bit epic. If you're going to do that, you're going to have to like you know acknowledge that if you know web-based publication isn't maybe the ideal solution. And I mean, although we are probably going to release this on the web, I'm semi-expecting that not to do that well. I'm expecting the DVD sales to be better. Yeah. Than the actual web content, uh, we will obviously have smaller versions of it, and that's another thing. You semi have to decide about encoding formats. I'm talking about stuff that's way in the future because it doesn't really affect us. The reason I'm discussing it is because it came up recently for doing the vidcast that we have up, which is available in three formats. iPod, Zoom, and is it XVID or DivX? Well, it's actually XVID, but it'll play in DivX. Okay. It's basically the same thing. Um, the reason we chose those three formats is because iPods, anything that works on iPod works on Apple computers. Uh, incidentally, and I have to put my hands in, I'm not really a big fan of Apple, but I will say that the QuickTime format that they use is actually, get ready for this, the most widely accepted format. Really? Yeah, it actually works on more things than anything else. Wow, I, depressing, did, I, did, not, I did not expect that. Yeah, it's because so many people have iTunes. Well, that's, that's iTunes true. iTunes comes bundled with QuickTime now. But anyway, if you're kind of if you're trying to reach the largest audience with one single file format, sadly, QuickTime's the way to go, I'm afraid. Um, I, we'll get into the areas of how to encode things way later on in the production. We don't yeah, want to do that today yeah. or anything. But if that's the way you want to do it. The reason we chose those three formats was because iPod works on Apple, 
The Zoom stuff basically works on any Windows computer, and XFID is a bit of a piecemeal solution for anybody else, but XFID is sort of the most popular of the other codecs. Yeah. Um, and it also works on some other devices, like some RPOS devices and things. So if you want to cover the whole gamut, do all three. If you want to just do the best with one, use just use one. But we'll get onto those in, in uh, later episodes of this stuff. Cool. So, I mean, in general, like, this has been a bit of a ramble today, but um, we are going to uh, bring more sort of... Yeah, it's because we don't really have anything proper to talk about. Where we yeah. are, at, we should at least say where we are. Where we are, right, is we've started writing. We've ri we have a full story in place. We wrote the full story. We're now turning it into a script. We have a full story. We're turning it into a script. We've done some work on the website. We're doing these. We're trying to get this kind of framework in place. We're keeping you guys up to date. That's all we've really done. We have. Yeah. We're pretty sure we can pull all this off, but we've done a lot of planning. But we haven't actually done any grounds. Okay, this is actually produced stuff yet. But that's where we are. Hopefully next week we'll have a full script. Well, that would be fantastic if we could. It's possible. It's, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Um, it's unlikely, we, but it's possible. It's <laughs> unlikely, but it's possible. Um, we're gonna keep um, updates probably to once a week. Yeah, um, and we'll, they'll hopefully be be between twenty and thirty minutes. We kind of wanted to hit about the thirty minute mark. We've gone way over that now. We're just we're just passing thirty seven, eighteen, yeah. nineteen, wow, twenty, twenty one. So uh, it's probably time to sort of round this. It's one time up to round up. But um, we'll we'll have more current. The most updates will come from the blog. We'll have hopefully a couple of blogs a week. Yeah, a couple of blogs a week, one podcast a week, and maybe one web vid, maybe a month. Yeah, maybe maybe a bit maybe less, less frequent than, than that. that yeah. yeah. Because we only want to make them really interesting. But we will, we will always update you with, uh, with the most technical stuff that we've done, and make sure that that you're aware of, of what we're technically doing, so that you can use this as a help, as as sort of a crutch. Yeah. The other thing is, if you have any problems with our accents, we're not really going to do much about that in the podcast. In the vidcast, we're trying to speak much slower and much more pronounced. We're, yeah. We're we're actually from Glasgow in Scotland. Don't know if we've actually mentioned that yet. Uh, it's on the website somewhere, probably. That's a place in the world where people speak English very, very quickly. I think it's because we, we think very quickly as a race, yeah. uh, and we speak to match it. Which means that we we might come out with words like eh and mm and uh and mm, <laughs> and it's, it's because we don't like having gaps when we speak. That's correct. Um, we're not going to really do anything about that in the podcast because it's too hard to keep our, our minds on that all the time. In the vidcast, we'll try and speak slower though. Anyway, um, if you want to get in contact with us, go to the website. There is some contact information there, I hope. If there, yeah, isn't, if there isn't, we'll put some stuff up. But There is. I'm sure there is. It's like is email, there? email addresses. You can. Uh, I'm sure there's something. If there isn't, we'll put something those. up. But um, What's the address? You, the address is uh, fictionality.co.uk. That's fictionality.co.uk. If you can't find fictionality, go to fictionalfiction, all one word, dot com. Cool. And, uh, yeah. So, um... Next week, we'll have to try and get a script done. We'll discuss the process of writing a script, but probably not much else, because we don't really want to give the story away. And hopefully, we'll actually have some theme music, like proper theme music recorded. That would be nice. It'd make, nice. make everything sound a little more professional, I think. Yeah, something we can talk over. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, I'm John Ferguson. And I'm Scott Heron. And thanks for listening to Fictionality. We'll see you next week. Okay, bye-bye.